So today I'm here with Chris Young, um, who is going to tell us a little bit about his business in the um, video, uh, online video and advertising and sponsorship and promotion world. So Chris, maybe can you take it away and tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is you're up to? Sure, I'd love to. Um, where to start? Where to start? I uh, founded a, a company called Clipmart in 1999, uh, which specialized in doing ad banners on the Internet, but specifically encouraging advertisers to run their video, uh, the TV spots, within those ad banners. Uh, and this, you know, took off in about 2002, 2003, and we uh, sold the business, um, growing it from six people to 65 people and 20,000 in revenue to 15 million in revenue in 2006 to double-click, uh, at which point I uh, was the executive vice president worldwide of their uh, rich media business and responsible for incorporating uh, Clipmart into DoubleClick and creating a uh, world-class uh, market-leading uh, business. And I've just recently uh, left after doing exactly that. Uh, DoubleClick Rich Media is now the number one uh, product in the market. And now I've just uh, launched a new business. I think the entrepreneur in me is, uh, once it's there, it never goes away. Um, so now I've started a new business called Digital Broadcasting Group, or DBG. And basically what, what we're focused on is creating, producing, and syndicating original broadband webisodic content. So in other words, creating shows for the Internet, whether they're scripted comedies, whether they're documentaries, et cetera, et cetera. The list is endless, and we're working with all kinds of different people um, in, in creating shows. Uh, and then we secure agencies and advertisers to, to sponsor the show. Um, so that's, that's really the, the business model. And then there's a bunch of syndication revenue. Once the show is up and running, uh, there's there's a syndication revenue as well. So that's really what I believe is 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 the future in the in the 21st century with an empowered consumer. This is really you know creating a broadband show of you know 10 shows in a series, three to five minutes in length, and and sponsoring that as an advertiser is really the next step. It's kind of going beyond the banner. We've got an empowered consumer can switch you on, switch you off as a brand at the bat of an eyelash, and you know, creating a webisodic as a way to really emerge your brand and engage uh, your consumer in, in in their lifestyle on their terms, rather than talking down to a very smart and powered consumer in an ad banner. So this is really what let's, I let's take a let's take a couple of steps back. Um, I mean, you, you obviously your, your business has been um, video and the internet. Uh, I mean, wh where did that come from? Are you the kid that like watched TV for 18 hours a day, and when the internet came along, you're like, "Damn, I've got to figure out how to get TV on this." Or <laughs> why, why the, the the focus on on video? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, my premise back in 1999 when I founded Clipmart, the the mission statement for the company was to take the best of TV broadcast commercials and marry it with the interactive and reporting capabilities of the Internet. And what it was, you know, that mission statement never changed over the seven years of the company. Um, and in essence, you know, the, the thought process is, or was, TV's a tried and true medium. It's just a matter of time before it migrates its, it, it, its way onto the Internet. 
flesh and blood video, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, and it's it, it started, you know, potentially because it was broadband constrained to 30-second commercials, 60-second commercials, and now it's moving from the commercial realm, the TV commercial realm, into long-form video content because the broadband pipes can support it. That's what advertisers love. They love their beloved commercials that they've been working with for 50 years, and consumers love flesh and blood video. So, so, and so, so this is Clipmart spelt with a K, K-L-I-P-M-A-R-T. Correct. And then, and so you sold a double click. Can you talk about the the deal size when you made the sale? Uh, yeah, I guess I can disclose it now. It doesn't really matter. We sold the business for, well, maybe I'm under confidentiality. I can't remember. We sold for, you know, about a, a five-time multiple on, on, our, on our 2006 revenue. Because the, the interesting thing for me there is, um, is that you, you started then in 1999, so you started when things were great. Um, and, and, you know, the concepts were still being worked out. And then you've, you've um, done video all through the, the nuclear winter of, of marketing on the Internet um, and then come out the other side. I mean, you, you, <laughs> you, you've ridden, you've ridden the, the wave in a pretty difficult way. I mean, how, how was that? It wasn't easy, I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, I, I learned to, to uh, make do on $30,000 a year in my late 20s living in New York City. In New York City. Uh, it wasn't easy, but you know, it, 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 it really builds character. It was a lot of fun. I was surrounded by a great team of people and we, we wouldn't take no for an answer. And you know, we, we educated people. On 30 grand a year, doesn't a panhandler in New York make more than that? <laughs> Probably. On welfare. <laughs> um, but we always paid our employees, but it was, you know, the, the top management. We, we always had uh, very tight salaries. But in the absence of salary, there were plenty of stock options to go around. And people that, that got stock options you know, certainly made out uh, very well when we sold the business. Uh, but it was great. It was, it was a combination of persistence. We knew it was a good idea. We knew it made sense. We knew it was logical. And there were some, some early adopters like Sony Pictures Entertainment, Lexus, uh, to name a couple that were just really big first movers to video in their respective uh, industries in entertainment and, and automotive. So, well, so, so help me understand how this works. So you're putting video in banners. Is this something that it increases click-through rates and therefore makes advertising more effective? Is it what they want to do to, to advertise? Is it that they feel their branding is therefore if they're going to pay a, a CPM of a certain rate, the, the CPM for video is therefore they're, they're getting a higher advantage? I mean, how does it work and what, what's the, like, the ROI? Like, what was the dynamic? Because I, I, I really don't understand that at all, so I'm really fascinated to have, uh, have you un- explain it. Yeah, great question. I, I think uh, the angle there with, with video, which is kind of thrown into a bucket of, of rich media, rich media ads are anything with sight, sound, and motion. It could be heavy flash animation or it could be video. Um, and with rich media ads in general, in particular video, we're able to measure a lot of things that you can't necessarily measure. Um, when you're running an ad on television or just running a, a simple banner ad. Namely, you know, we look at the percent of video viewed. So the clip index, if you will, in 2006 indicated that on average, some, a consumer would watch 20.5 seconds of a 30-second spot. That's a really dynamic 
nouveau metric that advertisers, you know, could only kind of guesstimate through Nielsen ratings the audience that might be tuned in and might be looking at the television screen rather than, you know, changing the baby's diapers, et cetera, et cetera, or not have the TV on at all. So to be able to go a, a huge step further towards accountability and say, all right, this is how many people you reached, and this was the percent of the video that they watched, was a huge watershed moment. And, and I, I, I think advertisers who, you know, had constantly had to defend their marketing budget every time there's an economic downturn. The first thing, especially among luxury goods uh, manufacturers, to slash is the marketing budget. It's a lot harder to be considered a slashable expense nowadays in that there's so much more accountability uh, with the Internet. So percent of video viewed was important. Uh, Click-through rate, you know, was always higher with the video ad. Um, but, you know, I think as an industry, we really shot ourselves in the foot in the mid-90s, you know, saying, look here, look here, you know, pick me, pick me, look at what we can do. We can track the amount of people that click on an ad. And, you know, it was a double-edged sword because, yeah, that's cool, but at the end of the day, the industry got dragged down by this this fairly effective metric that had nothing to do with branding. It was really a, 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 a contrived direct response mechanism, and we were really held to that. It took a long time. Probably wasn't. It probably took about nine years. It wasn't until 2004, I would say, that we finally shrugged off the click-through rate, and people effectively didn't look at that. So, you know, Clipmart uh, and now DoubleClick, we have a 90% market share among entertainment studios. Um, that utilize. So, what does an ad look video. like? I mean, the, the tacky direct response ad, like everyone knows, is punch the monkey, right? Or there's, sure. a, there's a free iPod ads. There's been some really tacky stuff out there, that, but that it's very well known because it's got a lot of a, driven a lot of revenue. What would be a, a famous ad that you guys have done? Um, we've done some some really neat executions. Um, is that a guy by the name of Joe Jaffe? Who does uh, a whole creative, you know, look at creative banner work, uh, includes in a lot of his presentations. We did some neat stuff where we, uh, shot Tiger Woods on green screen for electronic arts. Um, really interesting, uh, execution and, and I think that won some Lion Con awards. Um, we did some interesting stuff last year at this time where we did live banner streaming where we live streamed an event directly into uh, into an ad banner for New Line Entertainment for the number 23. And there was a big uh, front page of the New York Times business section uh, dedicated to that uh, and that trend. So we've done some really neat uh, executions. We're really innovating. But generally speaking, what an ad looks like is as you're reading an article, there's an ad with you know within the page, and say it's 300 by 250 in size, and instead of it being a movie poster, to follow along the entertainment example, instead of it being a movie poster saying, you know, XYZ film opening on such and such date, rather automatically when the end user is reading the article and the page loads, the TV commercial starts playing within that ad unit. That's what a video ad looks like. And there are millions of different variations on the theme, different shapes and sizes, 
and some expand if you roll your mouse over them, et cetera, et cetera. And so a typical engagement will it's it will be someone like Sony will say, okay, we've got a new movie coming out, and then you'll talk to them and you'll help them promote the movie. You'll make the creative. Do you help them with the media buying as well to put put it out there? No. Or did you? I mean, so no. The great thing about this business is the ad agency does the media buy, so they deliver the media plan. Oftentimes, there's a creative shop involved that builds the ad. What we do is we take the assets that the creative shop gives us, or rather what Double, what Bluemark now does, is it takes the creative assets from the creative agency and it takes the media plan from the media agency and then it takes the video assets from the advertiser and puts it all together and then distributes it to the websites on the media plan. Uh, So it's very much a vendor um, um, within the So you effectively in that business, are you a consulting agency helping create the the creatives? Helping the creatives and executing against the media plan. So um, the bit I was trying to um, clarify and understand is about the... You're, you're, so you're fitting there. You like a, you, are you, you're not actually doing the media buy. You just do the creative, and then and then another agency is doing the media buy, or you do the media buy as well. No, we don't do media, and effectively we don't do creative. We're, we're delivered the shells of the ads. Then we get the video. We get the shells. We get a media plan telling us where it should be executed, and we put the whole thing together. We prepare the plate in the kitchen, if you will, um, and then we handle all of the metrics tracking all the rich reporting that happens on the back end, the percent of video viewed. We tag everything so that we can do a lot of reporting against it. And then if there's live streaming, we handle that. If there's green screen, we handle that. So we're really experts in video. All right, okay. So then my next question is, I I mean, my my experience and learning comes a lot from direct response. And so we're very much um, bottom line focused, whether it's around a lead or making a sale or something else and, you know, rent an inventory. Um, whereas you've come from a totally different space. And the thing that we can always say is, well, all of our advertising is justified by the bottom line. Um, the problem is that we end up with, you know, punch the monkey ads, which are, are pretty tacky, but they, they, they drive a lot, of, a lot of revenue. In your case, when you had a, how do, there's obviously there is a higher value to branding and there's got to be some increase, but it's, it's, it's confusing to me at sometimes how big the, the difference is. I mean, 50 cent inventory up to, you know, it can be 10 bucks if it's branding. How do you justify that and how do you keep the companies, I mean, are you involved in those transactions or discussions where they're setting what the CPM rate is and how is that justified and how do they, how are they kept happy that it is, it is, they're paying what they actually should be paying? It's a good question. Um, you know, regarding the CPM rate, we're not really involved in that. That's between the, the agency and the website in terms of what they're going to pay. Uh, I would say for a video ad, for a banner video ad, the rates are probably on average about $15. So it is branding. This is not direct response. This is branding. However, DoubleClick Rich Media has just begun a, a, a massive relationship with Trade. Scottrade is a big direct response and branding advertiser. Any advertiser that, you know, runs a TV spot on TV is branding. Those are branding dollars. They can't measure anything. 
Um, so yeah, there is a whole universe out there uh, that is that is branding focused. Um, the CPMs are about fifteen dollars, and what we charge is about two dollars as the vendor. We charge a two dollars CPM to deliver that video ad. So we do the uh, hosting. They'll pay, they'll pay fifteen for the, the the spot, or twelve, or eight, or ten, or whatever, and then an extra two to you guys for actually handling the the technology. Yeah, or yeah, for all intents and purposes, that's correct. Or we'll embed our rate with the website. So we have big global deals in place with Yahoo, AOL, MSN, where our where our fee is baked into the cost of the media. Right. So it might be thirteen. You know, it might be fifteen. Thirteen's going to the website, and two's going to us. Right. Very interesting. And then, and then, so to, on to the measurement of that, that this like how long a video has been previewed for has been the main measurement, and th- and that's that's been one of the things they've been using to justify that CPM rate. Yeah, among many other things, we're able to track all kinds of things. What 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 have been other key metrics then for tracking those? Um, you know, we're able to track. Um, you know, so we we look at percent of video viewed. We can look at the different things within an ad. So say it's got a game in it. Say it's got a the video in it. Say you can download a wallpaper, et cetera, et cetera. We're able to track who did what, who played the game, for how long did they play, who down, downloaded the wallpaper, which wallpaper did they download. And then what we're able to do is track things like Say there's a functionality which is share this ad with a friend or put this ad on your social network page. So then we have a whole API built out, a widget share function, where from the ad unit you're able to very seamlessly share the ad to your social network page. Then what we're able to do is track the amount of times it's been viewed and then passed around on the social network pages. So they're all kind of... Do people actually want to go and put an ad on their social networking site? Yeah. I mean, some of these ads are really cool. Have all kinds of functionalities. You know, we're we're doing a lot of different movie ads. People people like to share that. Yeah, we did it for the Mighty Heart uh, with Angelina Jolie for Paramount Vantage. We did a share function. That's fascinating. So basically you then go... Then you can go and buy a bunch of media, and then it'll get virally passed around. So you might have a CPM buy it, you know, as we're talking about twelve, fifteen bucks. But then you go and get all this free inventory because people are going and putting it on their site. Exactly, and once it's on their sites, you can basically pump whatever you want into that viral receptacle, if you will. You now, have to like, be careful. Do you have any numbers on, on how that actually worked? Like, I mean, if you spent fifteen dollars, would you get another couple of dollars extra in free inventory, or like? It's pretty good. I, I was with the client a couple of weeks ago at Sundance, and he. De- I said, you know, how, how did that go? And without revealing too much, it was very effective. I was amazed that that he, you know, that the amount of impressions he ran to the amount of people that actually shared it, that it was so high. I, I was actually shocked. This was Paramount Vantage. Yeah, it's it's very successful. And it goes right back to what I was saying at the beginning, which is in the 21st century, you have an empower... The notion 
with a capital E and a capital C of the empowered consumer. They can switch a brand on, switch a brand off at the push of a button. And you need to now elevate the conversation with your consumer, which is on their terms, which is immersing your brand into their experience, hence the share functionality, the share widget functionality, or empowering them to participate. So what we're doing, you know, for example, we have a new show that we're producing called Celebrity Game Wars. And in that show, it's, you know, going to be, it's going to revolve around uh, this new game called Rock Band. So we're going to have a celebrity show up. We're going to interview them. They can fill their band with their entourage. Then they face off. The points tell only half the story. The internet audience can then vote for who they thought rocked out the hardest. And in essence, will select the celebrity winner. So we are. In- um, if, you, if you don't mind, I've actually, I, I want to ask you a bunch of questions about your current company. I've, I just had a couple more questions before we Yeah, please. No, go, go, go ahead. <laughs> One of, one of my friends, after he sold his company, um, he, he talked about how he retired and he went to Europe for three weeks and then came back and um, is, is working in that company and um, has found it a tough transition to go from being an entrepreneur running his own show to being uh, a, a cog in a, in a much larger machine. How, how did you find that then going to, to DoubleClick and, and doing what you're doing? And I guess did that influence where you're, what you're doing now? It's uh, a great, great question, a terrific question, and it's always the great unknown uh, with entrepreneurs. It was a great unknown for me and how I'd react. I'm a very low ego kind of guy, and I wanted to make sure that DoubleClick got what they paid for and what I promised them they'd get. So I jumped right in. Uh, I had a very senior role, so there were, you know, I reported directly to the CEO. There were eight people on the executive team for the company. I was one of them. Um, and we executed. I, I knew exactly what needed to be done, and we did it. And I was very happy working for, for David Rosenblatt, the CEO of, of DoubleClick. Uh, we, we have had and have a, a very good relationship. Uh, and it was just a pleasure. I learned a lot from him, and I was happy to call my boss. Um, again, I, you know, I think that drives for me personally as an individual that I don't have an ego, and, and it is what it is um, uh, regarding that. So, you know, I think I had a little bit of transition pain going from the Prime Minister to the Queen of England, if you will. Um, but, you know, after a couple of months, it, it was fine. Uh, worked out really well. I had zero problems. Eighteen months. I sold in June 2006, and I stayed till January 2008. And we had a, a, a 2007 earnout, and I had, you know, very tight goals to make make that division of the company number one in the market. And we, you know, uh, were second to a company called Point Roll, uh, and we overtook them. Um, so it was very successful, and we we built. So it became a, like another competition. You had an earnout you had to meet, and so you, you worked your butt off to get the earnout. You set everything up, and then you're able to move on, and everybody's happy. Exactly, and that's you know that's that's part of being an entrepreneur. It's part of the exit. You've got to manage the exit, and and in my case, you've got to properly manage the exit, and then the entrepreneurial blood gets pumping again, and and, and you come up with something else. Yeah. Um, so, let's, no, so let's talk about that. So what your 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 concept you're working with now is again taking video, and you want to have short clips <laughs> of video that 
um, users can easily put on, on different websites around the net. But the, in, instead of this time of working with advertisers, you're actually producing content. Is that right? Yes and no. What we're doing, if you think about the value chain, is we concept or co-concept broadband shows. We secure ad sponsors, digital ad sponsors, to sponsor those shows and foot the bill for production. Then we produce those shows, and then we need to create reach and frequency for those shows. Because unlike TV, you don't have a built-in audience somewhere. So you've got to sit down with the media agency and say, where do we want this show to live? We need to put it on MySpace, we need to put it on Yahoo, we need to put it on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we create, in essence, a syndication plan to say, okay, per webisode, we're the plan, the syndication plan, we expect to get 2 million views per show. And we're going to have 10 shows in this series. So that's, in essence, what we're doing is creating shows but they only live online. So I met with Kevin Costner about six weeks ago, and he's got a new show that he's concepted and produced that he stars in, and he wants to take it to the Internet. And he's very, a very switched-on guy uh, and totally understands the notion of syndication, et cetera, et cetera. So in that case, we're not concepting, we're not producing, but we are securing the ad sponsor, and we're syndicating. We're providing the reach and frequency. So, so it's going to be a, a two to three minute web, webisode about Kevin Costner. Is that right, or something? That's no, he stars in it. It's 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 a show. It, it's a it's a it's a piece of entertainment. It's a it's a show. But and so then the idea it. is then that the people watch this show. They say, "Wow, that was pretty funny." And so I'll, I'll put that on my MySpace page, and then yeah, I'll, I'll start to get interested in it. I'll want to watch more of them. And then that kind of has a payload along with it, which is the advertising, which people see as well. So you do a media buy. Um, it then spreads the, the, the show, which is good for Kevin Costner and, and what he's doing, um, and, and then it virally can keep spreading itself. Exactly. I mean, that, and that's one function, uh, you know, the, the viral aspect. Some advertisers may say, I don't want the viral feature, which is fine. Uh, I would, you know, DBG would heavily encourage it, but... You know that that's one particular function. So, so in like essence, in the case of the Kevin Costner deal, for example, who's going to advertise on his stuff? Well, it depends on the. You know, I, I can't really disclose anything about that that project, and and we're just in discussions. Who knows if if we'll end up doing it? We're just talking. Um, but in general, um, you know, it's it's it really depends on the nature of the show who it's skewed towards. So, for example, we have a show, you know, to follow on the example of Celebrity Game Wars, that's going to be focused more towards the 18 to 34-year-old male demographic. And maybe a EA or an Ubisoft would want to sponsor that show. Or so how does the sponsoring work? Does, the ad, does an ad run before or after or during? Like, how does that, how does that come together? Well, there's a lot of product integration built into the show. So, for example, you know, we have another show called Shopping with the Stars, where, you know, there's a famous person, they go up and down Rodeo Drive, go to the stars' favorite shops, 
and there's some no-name person that has a thousand dollars to spend and they kind of get outfitted and, and get fashion tips from this star. So in that case, there are opportunities, you know, to do tasteful product integration and we want to do it, it smart integration. Because remember, we have a very smart, empowered consumer. They're not stupid and we can't, you know, put it in their face. So the car that they drive to get to the stores, the credit card that they use, different things like that, the stores that they go to, different ways to do that. So the advertiser, the sponsor, is getting product integration and maybe a 15-second pre-roll before the show starts rolling. There's a 15-second ad for the sponsor's brand. Or it could be a five-second intro saying, brought to you by Chevy or whatever. So that's kind of so how that works. Like, I mean, you, you, if a user doesn't know, like, that the, he might know that Kevin Costner is going to be in this in this webisode. What's going to keep him sitting there to want to watch it and, and stay there through that ad to actually watch the show? Well, there probably wouldn't be an ad. Well, there's the anticipation that they've clicked to see this piece of content. And just the way I watch Lost on. NBC, ABC on Thursday nights, I watch the commercial before my episode starts. And so it's the exact same like model. How, it's almost like how it's pre-sold. Like, actually, I just did an interview last week with the CEO of Break.com. And so mm-hmm. it could be something that's hosted on a site like Break.com. And so let's say I'm on Dig and I'm reading through Dig and then I see this, you know, hey, come and see, um, you know, this guy falling off a chair. And so then I click on that, I click on that, I see the 15 seconds of ad, and then I get to see the guy falling off a chair. Exactly. And it might just be a brought to you by rather than a big long ad. Because there's going to be product integration, there, you know, it's, it's the advertiser's content. So they don't necessarily need to run a 15 second ad in front of it. But they have the option, should they choose. So, okay, so the concept then, these are webisodes, so we're going to see more than just one of these. I mean, I want, I want to presumably watch the, the um, Kevin Costner series. Um, how, do I, how do I get all of the, how do I know about that, that there are others, and how do, I, how do I get those and subscribe to them and, and find out when they're more? It's a great question. Basically, what we do is the show would live on an anchor site, so say it lived on myspace.com, and to follow along the example of Celebrity Game Wars, myspace.com forward slash Celebrity Game Wars. So it would have an anchor on some sort of website, partner site that we picked. Maybe it would be Yahoo or MSN or MySpace or whatever. So it would live and breathe, and there'd be a whole community there where there'd be news about the the upcoming show and this, that, and the other. And that's great, but to really create reach, you need to go beyond a destination site. So we would say, okay, we'd sit down with the media agency of the sponsor and say, all right, what's your consumer, where do they live, where, therefore, do we want this show to live? And then we will begin to build out a syndication plan, just like a media plan, but this is a syndication plan for the show. So the show is not only going to live on a destination site, it's also going to live in a whole bunch of places around the Internet. And then on the sites that it's living on... So what do you mean by you're living on other sites? Do you mean sites like break.com or like where else does it go? Sure, it could go on, you know, say it's Celebrity Game Wars, following the gaming analogy. 
It could go on MaximOnline.com, MTV, Heavy.com, um, IGN.com, GameSpy, Yahoo Games, MSN Entertainment, whatever. And and so you, it's in all those sites you can pay to have the video on all of those sites and then it will run on those with your ad. They don't try and put their own ad on it. No, they don't because it's a paid buy. Does it show up on their site as like a, a featured video? Yes, it would be within their player. So it would just be another piece of content within their player. And depending on the deal that was struck with the website, we have a whole syndication group at DBG that does this in conjunction with the ad agency. Um, depending on the deal that's struck, they might run a whole bunch of banner ads promoting the show. So to your original question, how do we know it's on there, there would be promotional ad banners. But it would run in their player. It wouldn't be a separate player. And so you, you give you basically you'll give them the, the the raw video, and then they'll put it they'll convert that and put that on their site and run that on their site as a, as a featured video for the time frame that you pay for it to be there. You bet. It's interesting stuff. Yeah. And it's brand new. I mean, we're forging exactly you know what, what you're saying. Meet the innovators. We're innovating, and that's exactly what I did in 1999. Everybody thought I was completely bonkers when I was talking about taking their TV spot and sticking it within an ad unit. They had no idea what I was talking about. And likewise, we're at the exact same point. But the writer's strike, the recent Hollywood writer's strike, has, uh, has really helped to prove the model and, and brought the notion of, of creating broadband webisodic shows much more mainstream. So advertisers are pretty aware of this or hip to it. Um, You're saying the writer's strike actually helped you? Oh, yeah, because the writers were not precluded from, running, from writing for the Internet. So they were all, oh. all looking to do stuff and, and work their creative juices, and they did that by doing Internet things. So, so, they, definitely, so you've, had, you've had access to all the best writers in the last little while at discount rates. Uh, yeah, to to a certain extent. Plus, they've done their own thing, so they've helped to 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 prove the efficacy of the model. Mike Eisner, Michael Eisner, former CEO of Disney, has started a a company. They did a program last year called uh, Prom Queen, which was a reality show about fourteen girls you know, vying to be the prom queen. Mark Burnett Productions did an online show called Gold Rush that wasn't syndicated but ran on AOL. And big names like Best Buy, General Motors, Coke, all sponsored that broadband reality show, Gold Rush. So, you know, those were early, early starters of this. And now it's, it's, it's still very emerging. It's very new. So what I'm able to do is I've teamed up my partners in this new business um, come from HBO and VH1. They're writers, producers, so they really have the expertise in you know executive producing and, and the production chops that I'm much more green on. And what I bring to the table is all the digital expertise and all the rich media reporting expertise and all the relationships with advertising sponsors. So it's a really nice, holistic marriage 
uh, of, of bringing the digital expertise with the offline production expertise to really create digital broadcasting group. Uh, and, and the company's really positioned as, as a boutique. So if you want to do really good broadband production, concepting production and distribution with people that get it, understand how a show should live online, it's not a one-way mechanism. It's not Chris or Adrian sitting on their couch and, 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 and getting a one-way TV spot. It's a two-way street. It's an interactive mechanism where you're interacting with the empowered consumer of the 21st century. That's what it's all about. So, you know, my biggest challenge is how do I sit on my hands and limit myself to 20 projects a year when I come from the background of Clipmart and DoubleClick where we do a thousand campaigns a month churning and burning this stuff. This is much more boutique. This is much more high end. It's very, it's very interesting. I really enjoy well, how it. Does the deal, how does the deal get to put together? Like, that, does the advertiser come in? Do they then pay all of your costs and all of your stuff as well as, like, does the, do the actors and all of those guys, I mean, obviously someone's got to be paying actors and writers and all those people. Is all of that covered by the advertisers? Correct. Just the is way that it is with TV. Is that to bring that to the advertisers? No. It's the TV model. It's exactly the same way on TV. Who pays for all the, all the talent salaries on television? The corporate sponsors. They do it indirectly through their, you know, a TV spot purchases, but it's the exact same thing. And so this way they actually have more control over it, don't they? 100%. And much better reporting metrics. And, and it's much more targeted to their consumer. It's the wave of the future. The television will be replaced by the computer as the video distribution vehicle in the next five to ten years. Without so a doubt. What, I, what I'm not getting completely clear on is, like, let's say it's a it's a series. Let's let's say it's a Kevin Costner show, and I, I watched the second one. I missed the first one because I didn't see it, but I got the second one. How do I find out about the remaining the remaining episodes and catch up? Is it do I do I look at them? Is there a link at the end which says come and see our other episodes here, and then I just go and sit there and watch them? Do you are you collecting people's email addresses, or are you having them subscribe to an RSS feed? Like, how are you actually building a relationship and getting that content out to the consumer ongoing? Well, because the average, the consumer knows that every Tuesday at 11 a.m., for example, Celebrity Game Wars, the new install of Celebrity Game Wars comes out, um, or Shopping with the Stars. And it's, uh, it's being syndicated across a bunch of websites, so people will see it by the sheer fact that they're consuming video on all these top websites. So it comes out on the Anchor site, and simultaneously it comes out on all the syndicated sites on so a regularly scheduled you're, basis. You're pushing it out there so you're paying for it. I mean, are there, are there people sitting on the, the edge of their seats um, at 11 waiting, you know, refreshing the site, waiting for it to, to show up? Or are they, just, are they just happening to notice as they're going about browsing the web? Say that one more time, Adrian. Are there, are there guys who are like, really like hooked I mean you get hooked on a TV show you know there's a lot of people that whenever Lost is on will be making sure they're home to watch Lost does that sure. does that kind of getting hooked on these sorts of things happen yet or are they just happening to browse them as they're going about their normal day on the web um, I, I think it's a bit of both uh, quite frankly 
and they know, they don't know about they're not like getting an email saying hey there's the, there's a new episode up they're not getting it into an RSS feed it is it is more from the fact that it's it's on the the anchor site as well as being uh, pushed uh, pushed out to all these syndication sites. Yeah, I mean it, it's a combination. It's it's there'll be a lot of awareness through the anchor site, but there'll be just as much awareness through the syndicated sites in order to to generate the demand. And and quite frankly, you've got to have compelling content. I mean, if you right. don't, no one's ever going to watch your show. Right. And then generally, um, are people then taking this content and putting it on their social networking site as well? Is that built into a lot of these deals? Oh yeah. The, the viral aspect, for sure. Okay. Um, well, you actually, I'm almost running out of questions, so let me ask you, is there anything else that you uh, would like to talk about that we haven't talked about? I think we're good. I, I think, you know, it's, it's a really exciting time uh, to innovate. You know, it's what's so exciting about the Internet is it's kind of like the Industrial Revolution or the Agricultural Revolution, et cetera, et cetera. We've got the opportunity... That, that you know the previous couple of generations didn't have to really innovate with this really fun brand new medium. Uh, so it's 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 really exciting to to kind of redefine um, you know modern media. Uh, it's 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 just fascinating, and I've I've loved it. Uh, you know, watching this since 1999, and I'm really excited about about you know broadband video and where it's going and and how I think it's going to completely transform uh, our, 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 you know, media consumption habits. So we'll see. I mean, we should do a follow-up in about a year. <laughs> see yeah, how, right, the, uh, right. how the new business maybe, fared. Maybe, maybe we'll be, do that uh, down in the DR. <laughs> well, maybe you'll be in Turks and Caicos by then, having sold this company as well. Yeah, you can come around for drinks for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> very good. All right, well, Chris, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, cheers, and, and we'll do a follow-up.